Parsha Themes is for inspired people like you who are looking for engaging and relevant Parsha and Moedim thoughts. Our weekly discussions focus on uplifting thoughts and actionable ideas that will upgrade your Avodah Hashem and enhance your Shabbos and Yantav table. I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Tropper, and it's an honor to have you with me here today. Hello and welcome to Parsha's Bow. As is well known, the Ramban here uh, has many, many classical words, especially the last Ramban in the Parsha, which is a foundation of the fundamentals of the Torah. And I hope to spend some time on that with you. But first, let me share a couple of R's at the beginning of the Parsha, and then Bezra Hashem will get to that last one and hopefully sh- share some interesting things that you might not have known about that Ramban. Just very fascinating concepts there. And of course, the classical things that you probably already know, but it's good to review them that are Ikre Ha'amunah. Okay, so we're in Parsha's bow. We start off with Perik Yud, Pasig Yud. And Paro says a very famous line that um, Moshe, you're requesting to take the Jews out to go serve Hashem on a little excursion in the Midbar. But you should know that there is evil opposite your faces. And Rashi makes two comments on this Pasuk. One of them is he says, like the Targum says, um, which the Ramban replies and says, well, what does the Targum say? I wish that you would explain it, the Ramban says because there's different Gersos in the Targum, which really translate the Pasuk very, very differently. And the Ramban goes through three Pshatim. I'm not going to go through all of them about what the Targum might be saying. And then Rashi brings down the Medrash Agata, which is basically that Ra'a, this evil star, is opposite your face that tells me there's going to be blood. And uh, one interpretation that Paro was giving was that there was going to be um, destruction. The Jews were going to die. Maybe during the Egel, they would all get killed out, etc., and which is why Moshe later called that called out to Hashem and said, please don't say Bara Hotziam, that you took them out to destroy them with that prediction of that evil star of Ra. And um, instead it got changed into the blood of Brismila and it got transferred into um, a good message. But Paro was saying that my astrologers are predicting negative stars, this Ra, this star of evil, of evil bodings towards you. Um, before getting into the Ramban, there's another shot which has been questioned by those, uh, by others, but it's just an interesting thing that uh, the Egyptian, one of the Egyptian gods was Ray. That was his name, Ray. And uh, the name Paro seems to uh, have connotations of that god. And perhaps Ra'a Neged Panechem was saying that uh, Ray, this evil god, is going to uh, fight against you. There's a lot of criticisms and uh, disproofs against this. And uh, my friend Roy Ari Storch actually has a very compelling footnote in his book about astrology and stars, um, which seems to disprove that this is what it means. But either way, it's just an interesting ha'ar about Egyptology. Okay, so moving on, the Ramban is different pshatim, and it's really fascinating when you see how Rishonim translated Pasuk differently. So what does um, Paro, Paro mean when he says, Ki So there's a number of pshatim, and then we'll leave off with the Ramban's pshat. So one shot that Ramban gives based on the Targum is means I could see on your faces the evil intentions that you have, which is to run away from Egypt. So that's what it means. I could see on your faces this evil intention that you have. Another shot that the Ramban brings down based on a different girsa in the Targum. And if you look in our Chumash, we have a, we have a certain specific girsa that he does quote as well. But there were different girsos. Um, for how, what the Targum said, what the Targum Uncle has said. So another shot is, means that your intent of running away is going to backfire. 
it's not going to work. So it's going to turn you back and it's not going to work. And the last shot, again, a lot of them are related, is that is I could see that your inner desires is being expressed on your face, even though your words are saying otherwise, which is very, very nuanced. And finally, the Ramban says that Derech Pshat is very simple, which is, you should know, that punishment is opposite your face, about to be seen immediately when you incur my wrath. So Paro is simply saying, threatening them, that you should know that I am about to hurt you guys for what you're doing, because when I see that you're actually running away, I'm going to stand up and retaliate. And that's the shot in this Pasuk, is that you should know that I'm about to retaliate. That's what the Ramban reads it. I will immediately retaliate, which is sort of what happened when they did escape. The Egyptians came after them and, of course, got destroyed themselves. Moving on to Perak Yud Pasachavtes, Lo Osef Odra Ospanecha. So Moshe said to Paro, I'm not going to see you again. And there's Machogus Rishonim, whether Paro ever saw Moshe again. So one shot, the Ramban says, the simple shot is that after I leave, um, you're never going to see me again. So what does that mean? Because we know that Paro called to Moshe and Aaron during Machos Bechoros and told them to leave. So one shot that the Ramban says is that he actually made it to their door, like we know in the famous song of Paro in pajamas in the middle of the night. He made it to their door and he screamed through the door, but he never actually saw them and said, please get out, get out, we're going to die. Or another shot, uh, which would contradict the song, Paro in pajamas in the middle of the night, perhaps, is that he sent a shlihach, a messenger, to go find Moshe and Aaron and tell them to leave. However, the Ramban says we don't need any of these pshatim because what he was, Moshe was simply saying is that I'm not coming to see your face again. But if you want to come see me because you want to beg us to leave, then you're welcome to do that, which is ultimately what happened. And remember, I, I believe that the shot here is that Hashem was trying to show Paro, I could break your haughtiness and I could break your gaiva. You think you're such a great nation and so strong, and it's all up to you. It's not up to you at the least bit. Moving on to Perak Yudbeis, Pasuk Beis, the famous Pasuk, Achodesh Ezelachem Rosh Chadashim, one of the first mitzvahs that we find. Uh, which Rashi said this should have been the first uh, mitzvah where maybe the Torah should have even started, if we remember that first Rashi, beginning of Rashi's. So the Ramban talks about that this month is for you. What does that mean? So he says that normally the months were counted from Tishrei, which is when the world was actually created, but at this point it was changed, and now all the months go after Nisan, and Nisan is the month of Geula, where Yitzhak and Sarayim took place. We know that Tesvav, Nisan, was Pesach, and that was the day that Hashem took the Jews out. And so the Ramban explains that we now count to focus on Yitzhak and Triam, that even the dates of the year all revolve around Yitzhak and to remind us that Hashem took us out in, in the Chodesh Arisho in the first month. And anytime we count a month, we talk about the second month and the third month and the twelfth month. It all is counting back to Yitzhak and Triam. And it's always a remez to us that Hashem took us out. It's a reminder throughout the whole Torah. And again, the yisod here is that we have to do things that remind us constantly that Hashem took us out of Egypt. One, as we'll see at the end of the parsha, because of what Yitzhak and Shrayim represents and what it teaches us. But two, because it also keeps us uh, focused on what the purpose of life is, to recognize that Hashem took us out and took care of us, and that therefore we have a responsibility as a nation to serve Hashem. But the Ramban says a very interesting thing, which was that when they left Babel, um, things changed, and... Uh, Chazal were Masakain that the months would have years. Chazal were Masakain that 
the months would be called by names like Nisan, Iyar, Sivan, Tammuz, which are all Babylonian names. They have meaning as well. B'nai Yisachar is very famous for explaining many of the meanings, etc. But they started calling them these names as well. These were the names that came from Babel. And why is that? Because the Pasuk says that Velo Yomar od Chai Hashem asher helas b'nei Yisrael They wanted to commemorate the Yitzhiyah mi Babel, that Hashem saved the Jews and took them out of Babel and took them out of that Gullus as well. And the Pasuk in the Nach specifically explains that that to a certain degree, it won't, they won't only talk about Hashem's Nisan that he did in Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim, which is represented by calling the months Chodesh Rishon and Shani and Shlishi, but that it would be changed, and now the months would actually be commemorated with the Babylonian names to show that Hashem took us out of that month as well, took us out of Babel as well, and that there was a salvation there. So it's just a fascinating thing how, again, the, the names of the month that we talk about, which is the date, the reality, the existence of mankind, is always meant to remind us about Hashem. Moving to the next Pasuk, Parakid Bey's Pasuk Gimel, it says that everyone should take one set in their house, one sheep. And the Ramban says that why, why do they take the sheep? So he says because the mazel for the month of Nisan, which is the time that they were in, is tle, the sheep. And therefore the tle, the sheep, has its strongest power then, al-pidarech teva that's the mazel of tzomeach, of growth. And therefore Hashem specifically said, shecht this tle and eat it to show that it's not in the koach of the mazel that you're going out, but it's in my power when I'm taking you out. And, um, of course, Chazal, like the Ramban says also, that's the Ramban's Ara, that Chazal themselves teach us that that uh, the Egyptians worshipped the sheep. And again, this was another statement of Hashem's power. We don't want any misunderstandings. Hashem is taking the Jews out of Mitzrayim, and there's no other power whatsoever, which is the purpose of the lesson of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Moving on to Parak Yud Bey's Pasuk Lamed. So it says that there was no house that didn't have a dead person there. All the Egyptians lost someone. So we know that it was Makas Bechoros, and again, a lot of the Rishonim and Chazal talk about who died. If you're, did you have to be a Bechar from your father's side and mother's side, or was one sufficient? So the Ramban says, Alderach Apshat, the Bechoros that died in Mitzrayim were the Bechor Petarechem, the ones that opened up their mother's womb the first time that a woman had a baby. And that's why the all the Petarechem of an Israel were in the Scottish that we have to redeem the firstborns as well. However, Chazal say that this is not the uh, the only case. Chazal say that um, there was no, and the Pusik says there was no house that didn't have a dead person. And Chazal explained that that's because um, even if the child was a Bechar to the father, they also died. And of course, Rashi brings down other Pshatim that the Egyptians were promiscuous, etc. But according to this Chazal, the Ramban says that why, which is the Chazal tell us, why is it that only the firstborn to the mother is redeemed, but the firstborn to the father is not redeemed? And uh, the Ramban says his famous answer that um, when a woman has a baby, you always know that that's the mother because she carried the baby for nine months. And so the Torah was only in the Scottish, the baby that was a vadai, a, a known that this is the mother. But when it comes to the father, there's no way of knowing for sure. And so therefore the Torah was not in the Scottish that. There is a big machlokas even in Chazal itself, whether... Um, exactly who died, and only women died or, or, or men died. According to the Medrash, it says that that um, Basya Basparo was a Bechorah, and she was spared because her, she saved Moshe and she converted. Um, so um, the question is why firstborn girls are not redeemed as well. There's a whole discussion uh, which is beyond the scope of this conversation. Moving on to uh, a comment of their Ramban, which kind of puts things in perspective. A lot of people don't think about this so much, but 
Perik Yud Beis, Pasuk Mem Beis, Ramban describes the state of a Jewish people in Mitzrayim. And it sounds similar to the state of the Jews in the Holocaust, that he says you should know that when he had dua, it's known that Yisrael bin Mitzrayim, the Jews in Egypt, they were very big sinners. They uh, were mavatal many mitzvahs, including Mila. And it wasn't, wasn't until they finally did Shua and actually got the bris Mila that Moshe said now they were able to eat the carbon Pesach and be redeemed. But really, they were not fit to be nisgal, to be redeemed at the least bit. But, but what happened was, they cried out to Hashem in pain, says the Ramban, and therefore, because of the great pain they were in, and because they turned to Hashem, they were redeemed and saved. And we see an amazing thing, that even if someone is not worthy, doesn't believe, and isn't acting appropriate, still, Hashem turns to us when we turn to Him in prayer. Hashem turns to us and answers our tefillahs. The last ta'arat, which is one of the fundamentals of the entire Chumash, is the, the last Ramban in Parsha's bow. Um, it's a large section. Perik Yud Gimel, Pasuk Pesayin. And that Pasuk, the Ramban, goes into the purpose of Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim, the lessons of Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim, and the foundations of the entire Torah. So I'd like to share a number of thoughts based on this Ramban, and some of it I'll translate and paraphrase his words. So first he talks about that there are four parshios that are written in Tefillin because the end of Parsha's bow is the Parsha of Kadesh and Vahayi Viacha, two of the Parshas that are put in the Tefillin. We know that we also have Shema and Vahayim Shemoah in the Tefillin. In the Tefillin Shal Rosh, they are in four sections. In Tefillin Shal Yah, they're all written together on one cloth. And the Ramban says that these uh, Parshas were specifically chosen because they have very, very specific um, meaning, and they mention Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim. And they talk about the importance of wearing the tefillin as an os to remind us of Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim. But says the Ramban, if you look through these parshios, there is a fundamental foundation for all of Yiddishkeit in these parshios. And that is that they teach us the following. They teach us the yichud of Hashem, the unity of Hashem. They teach us to remember to fulfill all the mitzvahs of Hashem. They teach us that there's punishment for those that don't follow the Torah and that there's reward for someone who lives a life with Torah. And they teach us every foundation of our amuna. And so if you go through that list, if someone ever asks you, well, explain Judaism, these are the foundations. They are Hashem's unity, that Hashem exists and that He's one and He's all-powerful. They are fulfilling the 613 mitzvahs and the mitzvahs of the, mitzvahs of the Torah. They are a recognition of schar and onesh, that there's reward and punishment. Everything we do, Hashem rewards the good, and Hashem punishes the bad. The Ramban continues and says that the Torah tells us to put the tefillin, shalrosh, the head tefillin, lizikaron beinecha. They should be a remembrance between your eyes. And the Ramban says that if you look at the way the tefillin are shaped and placed on the head, he says you put the, the front box of a shalrosh, you put it at the front of our head, but not beinecha between our two eyes. That's not where we put it. The Tzedukim did that, but that's not what Chazal tells us. It means that it goes on your head where your hairline ends. That's where it starts, and you put it from there back. That's where it goes. And says the Ramban, there is where a person's memory begins. And it's very fascinating. The Ramban already knew neuroscience because neuroscientists teach us very fascinatingly that our short-term memory, our part <clears throat> which processes what our eyes see very quickly, and processes what our brain takes in. It's a few seconds, this memory, but it's our short-term working memory. It actually takes place right there in the prefrontal cortex, which is exactly where the tefillin is placed. 
Not only that, the Ramban also says that that's where the vision takes place, which is also true, that our vision takes place inside that prefrontal place in our brain, which is fascinating. The Ramban continues and says that the straps wrap all the way down to the back of our shell, ro- shell roche, and they stop in the back of the navel of the neck, um, and that is where the long-term memory is, fo- is found. And the Ramban is 100% right, again, of course. And, and uh, so our short-term memory starts in the front of the prefrontal cortex, and it moves to the back all the way down, and, and our memories get processed through our brain, and they go into our hippocampus, which is located basically right opposite the navel. And it's very fascinating that there's a kesher. Kesher means a knot, but it also means kesher shel kayamak means something that's, that is tied and kept in place. That's long-term memory. That's what it is. And when we do repetitious acts, things get processed through our short-term into our long-term, and it becomes part of us. And again, these repetitious acts of what the tefillin represent become part of our DNA and our essence of amunah bitachan and Hashem, which is fascinating uh, about what our tefillin represents. But says the Ramban also, this is where our ikr neshama is located, in our hands and in our head. And so again, that's what we're subjugating our bodies and our souls to Hashem, that we're going to serve Him with, with both fully. And the Ramban concludes by saying, I will teach you a klal gadol, a important principle when it comes to all the mitzvos. That it used to be that Hashem created the world and people forgot about Him. And they started serving Avodah Zarah and saying that Hashem doesn't care about the world and he, who cared, why would Hashem care about us? We're so insignificant. And the fish exist and man exists and there's no din, there's no dying. Even if you say Hashem exists, but what does He care about us? And so Hashem wanted to show us that no, it's not true. That not only do I exist and am I one, but I also care about what's happening and I watch over the world. And therefore, that is the entire purpose. Hashem changes Teva to show that I care about you're punishing my nation, you're hurting them, and I'm going to step forward and bring the 10 Makos and bring all the plagues and bring the punishments upon the Egyptians because of what they're doing. That shows that Hashem not only exists, of course, but is also watching over all the actions of man and that man is significant. See, man likes to tell himself that he's not significant. And who cares? I have no responsibility, no obligation. It's yes, it's right. teaches us that you are significant in everything you do. There's a din, there's a dayan, there's schar, and there's onish. And that's the purpose of a Torah. And we have so many mitzvahs that keep teaching us this over and over it again. And Hashem brought the makos, says Ramban, through a prophet, Moshe and Aaron. And he warned about them ahead of time, which is an even greater mo'face. It wasn't just something that happened and was explained, but it was something that was warned, forewarned. And so that, again, shows us how much providence there is and how much Hashem is watching everything that's going on. And that's why it says in the Pasuk, Laman teda keni Hashem I want you to know that I'm here and I'm watching. Laman teda ki Hashem haaretz. That Hashem created the world, and Hashem watches over the world, and Hashem punishes and rewards the world for everything that they do. And that is, and Hashem is pow- all-powerful and not limited by anything, and He could change the Teva as well. And that's what the Torah is all about. And Hashem doesn't have to prove himself to every Russia and every person that denies him. And so therefore, the Torah commanded us to remember Yetzirah Mitzrayim. At Hashem says, I did it once, and you know it, and we pass it on from generation to generation. And a person doesn't pass over, like the Kuzari explains, doesn't pass over, a person passes over truth and honest things. We always teach our children the truth. We pass that on from generation to generation. And we write it on our houses, the mezuzah, about the story of Yetzirah Mitzrayim. And we say it in davening, MSV Yatsev, and we say it in Shema, and we wear it on our tefillin, and we commemorate it with the Yom Tovim. Everything is Zechir Tzios and And all of these mitzvahs are always 
just bringing in the amuna more and more, so that no kofar could ever deny Hashem. And a person could buy a very, very cheap mezuzah, put it on his doorpost, and now he has connected to Hashem. And that's why it says a person should be zahir, should be careful with a mitzvah kalak, a mitzvah kamura, because so all of Torah is dependent on even the smallest of all mitzvahs, like a mezuzah. And that's the whole purpose of the creation of the world. Hashem created us. She'en laru tam acher rishona. There's no other reason that Hashem created us. And Hashem has no other reason for bringing Himself, His presence down here. That Hashem should be recognized and acknowledged by His creatures. And that is the whole point of why we do what we're doing. And we daven and we raise our voice in tefillah, the Ramban says, so that people could gather and inspire themselves and remind themselves. And the Ramban continues and says that from the Nisim HaGadolim, the great well-known Nisim that Hashem does, this causes a person to notice the Nisim and the Starim, the, sec- the small hidden secrets that Hashem does every day, which is the Yisod of the entire Torah, because our entire existence is all a nace. And the Ramban's famous words that my Rebbe, Rabbi Zeli Rubenstein, that's all said, everyone should know by heart. The person has no portion in the Torah of Moshe until he believes that all of our affairs and circumstances in life, they are all miracles from Hashem. There's no nature and way of the world. Whether for groups of people or even individuals. If you do mitzvot, Hashem will reward you. Even the individual, them Yavra lamb, but if you don't, the punishment will come. And that is Hakol Bigzeris Elyon, everything that happens from Hashem. And that is what the entire purpose of a Torah is to see Hashem in all the things that happen and to be recognized that Hashem is always ruling and running the world. And you see us in brings us home, and we remember it day in and day out, like the Sefer Achinach says, there's so many mitzvahs, so many mitzvahs that have to do with Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And it's because you are what you do. And if you act like you believe, and you act like you remember Hashem, then it will sink in eventually. And every day we say Shema, at least twice a day. And we wear tefillin if we're men, where we have a mezuzah. Everyone's, every Jewish house has a mezuzah. And we always remind ourselves that Hashem is one who runs the world. Hashem is the one who runs every single thing. And there's nothing that could happen outside of Hashem's will. And there's nothing that Hashem is not aware of. He doesn't sleep, doesn't rest, doesn't get tired. He's always watching over us and always caring for us and always giving us the best life possible in this world and the next world. And if we can recognize that, that is the foundation of the entire Torah. We should all be zochet to live our lives this way, and to recognize it, and to connect with it, and to be able to share it with our families and our loved ones, and all of the entire world. Thanks for joining us. For more Torah content, and to make sure you never miss an episode, don't forget to subscribe, and visit us at parshathemes.com.